0: 20 minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack A Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Happy Sunday. Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Always, always, always appreciate you being here. I'm gonna go in an interesting direction today. And if I'm being totally transparent, I don't know exactly what bends this episode is going to take along the way, but I wanted to start by going over a really fun and interesting Twitter conversation that took place. And I wanna go off and sort of spin it in a variety of different directions. So this is how this started off and how the idea for this episode sort of came to fruition. It started with a tweet from Pack to the Future, who said, quote, "'Loved what Mike Wall said on his podcast don't put Musgrave in a position to fail. He can't block at that level yet. You should know that as a coach, so don't ask him to. And then Dusty Evely, the great Dusty Evely, uh, did a thread. He kind of quote tweeted that tweet from Pack to the Future, and then he did his own little thread. And this is a little bit lengthy, but I think it's worth going over. So bear with me as you get a dramatical reading of Dusty Evely's tweets here. This is from Dusty Evely, quote, for me, the issue is less the coaching and more the decision to roll with young tight ends. You're in a position where you can either significantly hamper your offensive plan or ask young tight ends to do more than you should by asking that should be asking them to do. It's a problem they've made for themselves. But to reiterate, this year is a combination of evaluation and throwing the young guys out there and learning on the fly. These moments were always going to happen given the roster decisions they've made. It's precisely why I wanted them to bring Lewis back. In this case, Mercedes Lewis is who he's talking about. To be 100% clear, the Packers knew what they were getting themselves into. They didn't draft Musgrave thinking they were getting a lockdown blocker from the jump. They knew this would be ugly at times and opted to take their lumps in service of getting reps for the young guys. I believe it is way too early to see this as some kind of failure on either coaching or front office. It's the approach they've gone for, and we really won't know if it worked until late this season at the absolute earliest, unquote. Awesome, awesome stuff by Dusty Evely that I agree with all of it unequivocally. But I wanted to add a little something to that as well. In fact, I wanted to start by adding what Brian Gutekun said earlier this offseason. He said, quote, the goal here is to win a championship. And sometimes you have to create room to get better. You can't get better without playing. It's not easy. Growing pains are never easy. But if we're going to win a championship, we have to get better. We weren't good enough last year. We have to get better. And sometimes you have to create opportunities for that to happen. Now, before I go over what this is and to reiterate what Dusty's saying and what Brian Gutekunst said earlier this offseason, I want to tell you what this is not. This is very clearly not a get-out-of-jail-free card for the Packers, their coaching staff, the organization, Brian Gutekunst, and insert any other coach, player, or member of the organization here. Just because you are young just because you maybe don't have a Mercedes Lewis as a blocking tight end, just because you're inexperienced does not give you that get out of jail free. Well, we're just young. We are gonna have to go through these lumps and it means that we get to be bad for a while and it doesn't have to always look perfect on the field. It is not that. It is not a get out of jail free card. You have to put a good you know, product out on the field and show signs of improvement or we'll get to what else this could be in just a second. Number two, Is It's not an excuse to regress, which it seems like they sort of have over the past few weeks. We can argue if some of the early success against the Chicago Bears was a true indicator of what was to come. Maybe it was a little bit of fool's gold. Maybe it was a false sense of security and a false hope going into the rest of the year. Maybe the same thing with those first three quarters against Atlanta, because after those first seven quarters, things have gone down considerably. The last quarter against Atlanta was really, really bad three out of four quarters against the Saints were really, really bad. Four quarters against the Lions were really, really bad. And the majority of the game against the Raiders, at least on offense, was very, very bad. So it's not a excuse to be able to just show that regression. This is a team that you want to see progress from, from a young team that is probably going to have some issues. We know that going in, but you want to see progress, not regression. So it's not an excuse for that. And number three it's not a reason to not be upset over the play of certain things that are going on with this team right now. Let's take the offensive line as a great example. There's a lot of youth on this team overall, a ton of youth on this team, but the offensive line, that's not really the case. Josh Myers is in year three. John Runyon Jr. is in year four. Zach Tom is only in year two, but is the best of the bunch, arguably so far. Elton Jenkins is an established veteran, And yes, Rashid Walker is a younger player in year two, but they could go with Yash Nyman in that spot, who is very experienced and has tons of, not tons, but plenty of starting experience in this league. The offensive line is not that, oh, it's just a bunch of rookies out there playing for the first time. The majority of these guys have experience. So the excuse of, well, this is just a young team that doesn't fly for everything on this roster. So the offensive line there, you can have plenty of complaints about the way that they are playing without going the, you know, playing the well they're young and inexperienced card. That's not the case for the offensive line. They're still young-ish. It's not like there's, with especially without Bakhtiari, it's not like there's a bunch of, you know, eight-year veterans on the offensive line, but they're not just pure rookies out there playing their first snaps in the NFL outside of Rashid Walker to some extent. I get that. But again, they could go with Yash Naiman instead if they wanted a little bit more experience out there. So it's not an excuse to say that, like, there's, there's certain things that very clearly everyone has a right to be disappointed in, upset by, frustrated by at this point. I think you could look at like a player like Jair Alexander, a player at times like Preston Smith. And there are others on this team as well, where even though that they are veterans, even though they're experienced players, you can be left wanting a little bit more than what you've seen on the field from some of those players that are, have nothing, absolutely nothing to do with youth or inexperience. So, those are things that this is not. A get out of jail free card, an excuse for regression, or a reason not to be upset over some of the things that have nothing to do with youth or inexperience on this team that maybe aren't playing up to par. What I mentioned earlier this week, I think I said it on one of the shows, but I certainly put it out on Twitter as well, is what I want to see from this team. I don't I don't ultimately care all that much about record this year. In fact, I could make a very strong argument that if this team finds a way to be like 3-14, and 14, but... plays awesome competitive football and we see some extremely fun and exciting flashes throughout the course of the year. Like I, all right, that sounds great. Like a top eight ish pick plus really fun and exciting flashes and all competitive football games. Like I'm, I'm kind of okay with that, but that's not what we're seeing. And what I said is if we don't see growth from this team, what you end up just being is a bad team. The line is very thin there because there is a world in which this team can be a young team that's making a lot of young rookie early mistakes, but showing signs of progress throughout the course of the year and showing all of those really exciting flashes that we just want to grasp onto that we've seen from Jordan Love from time to time, from Jaden Reed. There's been a flash from Luke Musgrave here or there. Even Dontavian Wicks has had some of those. Lucas Van Ness against Chicago, the chase down of Justin Fields. We're seeing snippets of that but not enough in any real capacity to be like, that we can really clench our teeth into and be like, that's it. That's what I want. I, I I can see the vision for these players and this team and what they're going to be in two to three years. Now, it's early. Totally understand that. It's five games. We're not jumping to any conclusions here and saying this team is toast for the remainder of the season or any other direction that you want to go in with it. This is an extremely small sample size, and we do have to, you know, resist temptation to just go all out in one direction because they've played good, bad or ugly through five games. It's just it's such a small sample size. So even though it hasn't been good enough, I think we need to remember that this is such a small sample size. But the line is very thin from a team that is young and growing and just young and bad. And what I want to see more of is this team growing in the right directions rather than, like I said earlier, a team that over the past few weeks has shown more signs of regression than progress. And that is what I think is a key issue for this team right now. Now, some questions that I have been asked that kind of go hand in hand with this sort of conversation. The first one, and it kind of goes back to the whole Mercedes Lewis and tight end conversation is one, should the Packers go out and get a veteran at some of these spots? You know, it would sure be nice, I'm sure, for Jordan Love if he had a veteran at wide receiver that on a third and eight, he knew for certain that veteran was going to run the right precise, crisp route at the right time so that he could deliver the ball with anticipation and have a great feel that that wide receiver was going to be exactly where he expected them to be. I'm sure Matt LaFleur would love a veteran tight end that could go out there and block the way Mercedes Lewis did and know that if there's a blitz coming off the edge and Jordan Love needs his tight end to protect on that side of the field, or if they need to run right for on a third or fourth and one, that that tight end is going to get the job done as a blocker. They don't have that guy right now. I'm sure there's a variety of situations and scenarios on this team where they would love to have a veteran or two just to maybe prop up some of the things that are missing on this roster and just to put that level of experience and you know just you know what you can expect week in and week out just a a level of consistency that this young team doesn't have there's more volatility with this team than there is consistent play and a veteran here or there could help some of those you know maybe lumps especially at wide receiver and tight end that you can argue right now. And my counter argument to to that would be is exactly what Brian Gudikin said. You have to you know provide a platform for these young players to get better. The goal isn't for these players to play at a championship level in 2023. The goal is for the Luke Musgraves, the Tucker Crafts, the Jordan Loves, the Jaden Reeds, the Dontavian Wickses, the Christian Watsons, the Romeo Dobbs, the Zach Toms, the Rashid Walkers, the all of those young, talented, but inexperienced players to be playing their best football in 2024, 2025, 2026, and beyond so that they all grow together on the same timeline and get, you know, and get to the point where they need to be so that, you know, down the road, you're like, oh man, it would be, I wish we had a Tucker Craft on this team or, you know, it's so awesome that we have a Luke Musgrave on this team, that those are the guys that you are continuing to develop, that they're the veterans. That's what you want to open up that Super Bowl window down the road is those guys all playing at a veteran style level that they do have the attention to detail, that they are the experienced players, that they're the veterans on that roster. And by the way, they're the veterans experienced players on that roster when all of their contracts, save for Jordan Love, are very, very tiny at that point. And if all of a sudden you have a baseline of players that are all playing like veterans, that are really good and have that attention to detail with those small salary cap hits, now now you can go out in free agency and spend a bunch of money. Plus next year, you've got four top 100 picks. Three potential top 50 picks. Those players could be young and playing really well in 2025 and 2026 on super young contracts. And again, then with all those guys in young contracts, now you can go out and see and, and say, Well, we don't have a great safety. All right, well, we can go out and sign a really good safety. Oh, we don't have uh, you know, the left guard that we need. All right, well, let's go out and sign a left guard. We have the money because all of our core players are experienced and talented, playing at a high level, and they're all still super cheap. That's what the vision is down the road. Signing a veteran right now to take snaps away, a wide receiver is such a great example of this. I don't need another Sammy Watkins on this roster because you're not going to go out and get a high-end veteran right now. Like You're going to get a veteran that maybe can be a little bit more consistent. I don't need another Sammy Watkins taking away snaps from Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, even Samore Toure, Malik Heath. I would rather those guys get the snaps and learn on the fly so that those guys are ready in two to three years. What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza, and what you should also know is that victory pizza is is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And then you can get ready for football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza, pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza pepperoni, no questions about it. And more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love crazy bread. Love, love, love crazy bread. Get it every single time you win when you get crazy bread. And speaking of winning, Literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? In college, I personally dealt with an addiction that was tough to get over. And while my mind kept telling me to do the right things and I wanted to do the right things, it was always hard trying to make the right choices in real time. What I eventually found out was that therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back and how to work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy has helped me with my past struggles and helped make me a better person today for my friends and my family. Therapy has helped me learn my trigger points, my destructive habits, and what positive steps to take to ensure that those negative behaviors turn into positive ones. If you're even thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be catered to your schedule and flexible to your individual needs. Make your brain your best friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com. Um, slash pack a day. Hello friends, today we're brought to you by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil in trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using code PACKADAY for 20% off plus free shipping. I recently picked up Manscaped's new handyman and friends It is amazing. There are so many incredible aspects, but the fact that it has one guard that can trim to 20 different beard lengths is a game changer. Their skin safe technology is legit and getting through a full shave without any nicks and cuts gives me all the confidence in the world to go for that smooth, close shave. Oh, And you can use it for wet or dry use as well. So this amazing device does absolutely everything. Right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code packaday at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code packaday. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. It's finally football season, which means... the same question goes of like, well, should Green Bay be active on the trade market to bring in a Jerry, Judy, or some of these guys? And my answer is the exact same. I want to see these young players get to a base level of sturdiness and steadiness and consistency so that when you are competitive— in 2025, 2026. You have all of your resources at that time, both via free agency and via the draft to go and trade for players at that time that can help open that window. Once you've got your baseline of players that are ready to go out and compete for you, in that timeline. I don't need one right now. In fact, if you're looking at this Green Bay team and saying that they should be buyers at the trade deadline, I, I would much reverse that. I would say you're probably looking at a, a team that should probably be more of a seller at the deadline than a trade a, a buyer. And I know that's hard to hear, but you have to think of where they're at right now as a team. This team is not making no, like they're probably not making the playoffs very clearly, but even if they did, they're not making any noise in the playoffs why, you know, to go out and get a player, not like they didn't even go out and get a player at the deadline when they were all in on a season to get one now, seems foolhardy. And let's also not forget that this is a team that, you know, what Will Fuller, Emmanuel Sanders, Chase Claypool, how would those players have worked out long-term at Green Bay, giving up significant draft capital for any of those players? It wouldn't have worked out long-term for Green Bay in those situations and scenarios. So let's learn from that. I don't think going out and getting a veteran in a trade is the answer either. The next question that I get, and that's in the same realm of conversation is, are the Packers asking too much of certain players? Let's go back to this Luke Musgrave conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're asking too much of certain players. They're they're asking too much of Jordan Love right now, because this is a team that can't run the ball and doesn't have a great offensive line, at least the way they're playing the last couple games. And, you know, their other teams aren't buying on play action yet. You know, he's not set up the way that he should be right now. They're asking a lot of him. They're asking too much of a lot of young wide receivers. They're asking too much out of a lot of really young tight ends. And we can go on the defensive side of the ball, and a lot of the same things remain. But this is this is a team that is asking a lot of some of these players. But that's okay. Those asking a lot of those players is showing them what they need to become to be successful down the road. And they are learning some very hard lessons. And this Packers team is learning some very hard lessons but you can't just go out there and ask them to to not do anything because they can't do it. They're not going to learn to do it if you don't go out and ask them to do it. Now, I'm not saying you need to have Tucker Craft in motion going to try and block Max Crosby one-on-one. You can throw that out. I'm okay with that. But from time to time, you're going to have to ask these guys to go out and do their job and do their assignment. And when they do it poorly, as Mike Wall will always point out, that's okay. Now we need to teach them and taking them to the side and show them exactly what they need to do so that they can learn from that mistake and be better at it moving forward. That's all part of the growing pains in the growth process. I think the other question that I get asked a lot in this same sort of realm of discussion is, are, is Green Bay able to get a fair evaluation of Jordan Love right now with the players that are out there for him? And the answer is probably not. I think we're seeing some of the things that Jordan can do and some of the things that right now that Jordan can't do, but it's really hard to say of like, all right, well, if he had a more consistent offensive line and some playmakers that he knew were going to be in the right spots at the right time, running the right right routes at, at the right cutoff points, I'm sure this would probably look a whole heck of a lot different, but we don't know what that looks like. We, it's really hard to say when he's got so much youth and inexperience around him, is it, is it Jordan Love that's making very clearly some of these mistakes or is it because he doesn't have some of the time and the rhythm and, and all those sort of things? I think we can say with a fair level of certainty that on like the first interception this past game where he just doesn't see two defenders and throws right into double coverage, that's on Jordan. That's stuff that he needs to learn from I think we can say it, you know, with some level of certainty on other times that he's not getting the level of play around him to get a really super fair evaluation of him either. So that's another thing that we have to take into consideration as we watch and continue to evaluate Jordan Love through the remainder of this year is he's not playing with a full deck of cards right now. Or you can use whatever cliche you want, playing with arm, you know, a hand tied behind his back, whatever cliche you want to use. It's not a total, you know, fair game for him. But how he responds to that and how he overcomes some of that adversity is some of the things that you can glean from Jordan Love this season. My larger point here is part of this is what we knew the Packers signed up for. And part of this is everything that I said in the off season about volatility, about a roller coaster, about the ups and downs, about not expecting perfection from this young Packers team from the you know, right out of the gates. Part of this is very, very much that. Part of this is due to this team having some really sucky injuries. It's really, really difficult. And you can never use injuries as a pure unadulterated excuse. You never can, but it's hard not to think of, all right, well, if Elton Jenkins was healthy all season, if David Bakhtiari was healthy all season, if Aaron Jones was healthy all season, if Christian Watson had been healthy all season, if Jair Alexander had been healthy all season, if Devondre Campbell had been healthy all season, if Rashawn Gary wasn't on a pitch count all season, if Eric Stokes had been healthy all season. This is not like eight to 10 random players that some you're going to have some you know high end play that gets hurt from some from time to time this is eight to 10 of your really really good players that have missed some extremely significant I'm sure I'm even missing I don't even know if I said Aaron Jones but like there's significant injuries to this team so far and when you have a team that is made up of a crap ton of dead salary from players that they've traded or moved on from Aaron Rodgers being a huge part of that when you have a team that only has so many veterans and those veterans are hurt and injured, the the veterans that you were expecting to carry this young team along the way and sort of show them the ropes and show them how to win along the way, when guys like David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones, we can list all, Devondre Campbell, we can list all the players again if you want. When those players are hurt and don't have the ability to help that team you know, sort of across the finish line in some of these games, it's going to hurt you. So part of this is what we knew they signed up for. Part of this is really sucky injury luck. But as I mentioned earlier, it's not a get out of jail free card and it's not an excuse. Green Bay needs to play better. The coaching needs to be better. The, you know, the, the progress needs to be better. The process needs to be better. And there's a plenty of finger pointing and blame to go around. That's realistic and fair. And I think what we need to do is sort of recalibrate what the goals are for this season. And I, I think it's worth noting here that this is not just about wins and losses for Green Bay. What Green Bay's goals should be for this season is really preparing these players to play at the level that they need to in future seasons. And what I mean by that from a fan standpoint is let's not, again, worry too much about wins and losses. Let's worry about the progress in the process. I'm just gonna say it one more time to be abundantly clear. The, those two things, the progress and the process, have not been good enough. So that's where we're concerned at this point. But what I would say from a coaching standpoint for Green Bay is what I wanna see is a little less gimmicky game plans and a little less trying to sugarcoat the things that they're not good at, and rather a better you know, emphasis on the fundamentals and the basics. And the things, the the tools and resources that all of these young players are going to need to be really good at their job in 2024, in 2025, and 2026. If you've signed up to take your lumps in 2023, then take your lumps in 2023 with the idea that you're setting yourself up for success in 2024 and 2025. That's okay, but if you take your lumps in 2023 and your process is bad and we're not getting the fundamentals across to these young players, and in 2024 and 2025, you're running into the same mistakes with the same players and they're not progressing and they're not getting better and they're not playing with the the technique that they need to play with, then 2023 will be an unmitigated failure. No question about it. So I'm okay with this team taking their lumps in 2023 with the idea that progress is going to be made. But- We need to see way more of that progress. We need to see that improvement. Where I will kind of lead this as we sort of wrap this up is I think that Green Bay, on the philosophical level, made a lot of the right choices that they needed to to enter in a new era of Green Bay Packers football. And to say it one more time, we knew what Green Bay signed up for with this sort of team. And we could have debated and we did debate all year long of, well, it's an evaluation year. It's a rebuild. It's a reboot. It's a, I don't care. I don't care what we want to call it. From a philosophical level, they moved on from a lot of dead salary, a lot of veterans, a lot of older players, and they became the youngest team in the NFL. And from a philosophical level, I believe that was the right decision and the right approach for this team. But It will be the wrong philosophical approach and the wrong decision if they don't grow together and if they don't make the progress that they need to make in this 2023 season, regardless of record, regardless of wins or losses, regardless of where they end up in the NFC North, they just need to see growth. The Detroit Lions over the the past couple seasons are such a great example of that. What two years ago, not a good football team. They started awful last year. And then in the second half of the year, they reeled off what like eight out of 10 games or something like that. And now we've carried it over to become one of the best teams in the NFL this year. Those are the signs of growth those are the benchmarks that you want to see. It's okay that you learn and have struggles in this era right now, but it has to come with progress down the road. And I know I'm a little bit of a broken record there, but it's worth noting over and over because that's what we need to see. But I think Green Bay made the right philosophical decisions, but this is not a game played philosophically. This is a game played in the trenches. It's a violent game. It's a team game. It is a you know one that's based on technique and fundamentals. and those are the things we need to see a little bit more of from Green Bay. It's an extremely young team, the youngest team in football, and I think we go back to the blocking tight end as a great example. Mercedes Lewis could be here and he could you know they could have brought him back and he could have been that awesome young blocking tight end. What, where does that ultimately get you? It, it helps you, you know, maybe pass protect a little bit more and, and run block a little bit better, but it doesn't make, you know, we could, we could make the argument that it makes Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft better by watching. I'll, I'll certainly sign up for that. And I said, I would have brought Mercedes Lewis back, but getting Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, those reps is just as important. And as Brian Gutekind said, they need time to play. And if with playing comes learning, with learning comes growth and with growth comes getting better as a team. Brian Guttekin said they weren't good enough with a lot of these veterans on the team in 2022. Now they're providing a platform and a blank canvas for these young players to go out and get better and be the players that they need to become. And I think that philosophical approach was right. We just need to see it executed a little bit better. So I want to go back to what Dusty Evely said at the onset. I believe it is way too early to see this as some kind of failure on either coaching or front office. It's the approach they've gone for and we really won't know if it worked until late the season at the absolute earliest. So what I will say is buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. There's going to be a lot of turbulence, but if at the end of that turbulence is a smooth landing, that's what we need to see from the Packers the remainder of this season. Adversity and failure can be incredible teachers. Now we just need to see if this young team can learn those extremely tough, but valuable lessons. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Shout out to our All-Pro and Hall of Fame members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wild, Shea Bra Dad, Arnaldo Espinoza, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Lori Lord, and Donald Lee. If you're loving the podcast, make sure to give memberships a opportunity. You can go to uh, Pack-A-Day Podcasts on YouTube channel, hit join, and you can see all the different membership options. If you're not interested in becoming a member, hit subscribe, hit like, give that five-star review and comment. Appreciate you guys a ton. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all-new episode, but until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go!